I've come to the conclusion this week that I am just different. I'm the outsider again. I always have been, although I have had a wonderful music career. I really have. But it's always been from the outside looking in. It's always been me doing it some way that no one else is doing it. And after trying to get a music publishing deal and get into the music business for like a decade right after high school, I finally just got fed up and I built my own music business. I started producing clients. I rode the wave of indie artists and served them well and made a good living in Nashville for sure. But unlike what everyone else was doing, I was doing my own thing but I made a good living at it. I went back to school and I thought maybe I could get my master's and maybe add teaching to my music income streams. And I did that, but kind of in a unique way. I'm not teaching like at a school, a regular university. I'm teaching at a recording school and I've started this YouTube channel. And so all of this is kind of different than I thought it was gonna be. When I discovered music licensing about five or six years ago, I knew it was a path for me. And I started focusing on that as the way I wanted to go. But I decided and I promised myself that unlike what I had done in the past where I had not gotten that music publishing deal I wanted and was able to do music the way I wanted to, I would not just turn this into another job like I did with artist clients, but actually write what I love and what really moves me and get that signed. Now, this is not the advice that my other guru friends like Jesse and Daniel and Clint and even my pal Stevie B necessarily say. They write specifically for client things if they still write music at all. And they less write songs that they love. That wasn't a very good way to say that, but they have passion but it's not for the songs. It's more for the money. It's more for the job. It's more for the income. And I get that. Uh, I, I've had that before. They write for clients. I have been there. I have done that. I literally am wearing the t-shirt. But I guess, as usual, I am going to just be different from these guys. I am not wanting to focus my creativity on just trying to please a brief or a client. Yeah, I know what works and I know what makes money in production music. But if the song isn't something I enjoy making, why do it? <laughs> now somewhere Dave Croft is turning over in his, well, bed if it's after 9 p.m. But what makes me and maybe makes you, the person watching this and uh, those people hanging out with me right now in this live and listening to this podcast or watching this podcast later, what makes you and I different from all the gurus we hear tell us how to make music income. Can we make music that moves us, that thrills us, that is what we want to make and also make music income?
Well, hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Make Music Income podcast, where we talk about lots of things and how to make music income, including sync licensing, stock music licensing, artist incomes, online channel incomes, music publishing and royalties, which I got some royalties this week, music production for clients, which we've been talking a lot about lately, and we talk about lots of things. My name is Eric Copeland, and I am a music maker. That's all I do is make music doing things. And I've made it that way pretty much my whole life. Music production, music composer, music songwriter, background singer, music consultant, church guy at the leading the bands and working in bands at church and lots of other things. And now a teacher. So um, as I said in the open, I have always, though, made all of this income pretty much outside of the music industry and i've supported my family doing it and most of you also are listening or watching this podcast and you have not been signed to a major record label let me just tell you that's okay maybe though you have been signed to a, a music publisher in this world that we're in now in, in music licensing Maybe you have, and maybe that is a way into the quote unquote music industry, but that's what this channel and this podcast is all about, how to have a music income. And this, this podcast is a little different today because we're talking about the undeniable power of being you. Can we, you and me make music that we love that that is that moves us but still make music income with it or are we bound to rules and being a slave to what clients want and along the way as we go through this today those of you that are joining me we are going to talk amongst ourselves and answer some of these questions you are my co-host today people in the chat let's see who is in here with us today arco is in as usual good Day Arco over there in India. Uh, Bradford Knights, thanks for being here today. Signature Music Services in the house. Russ Palladino is here. And uh, Russ actually says, I believe 100% in what you're saying. Does the world need more music when AI bots are creating millions of songs as we sit here? The only thing that will be left to sell is authenticity and uniqueness. That's a great comment. And that is one that I'm going to get to as we get through this discourse today, um, because a lot of this has to do, it actually sidesteps AI if we are doing the things that we need to do. And if we are um, being ourselves, if we are focusing on the music that we love and we are getting a little weird, as my friend Dave said in his podcast this week, and we are just being ourselves and we are, uh, I'm just going to describe my process today and the reason why I just feel I'm different than all the other guru guys. I mean, even Dave or Stevie B, who are good friends of mine and have been on this show, of course, they even are pretty focused on making sure they are making the music that is going to make um, them income. And then there is this whole AI thing. One thing that I think is interesting, I'll just throw out here. I don't know if you noticed this recently, on if you guys follow Jesse on his channel, but I was looking at Jesse at Sync My Music's channel past few days on the comments. He he's put out a few polls, and overwhelmingly, people 
are kind of tired about hearing about AI already. And uh, he does a great job, of course, on all that information. But I think we're all tired of it. And I think what I'm going to talk about today is really the way to sidestep AI. It's not ignoring AI. It's not beating AI. AI is just a thing. It's going to be a thing. But we'll talk about that as we get there. All right. Well, let's jump into my week. I want to jump into... Um, what I've been doing this week, first of all, uh, I've been zeroing in on a score for this song called Five Reasons. And I've been talking about this every week. People are like, why are you still talking about this? What is the big deal? And so uh, I, I'm i just trying to get the, the process down of moving something from logic into a scoring program and muse score there's going to be i'm going to talk more about muse score here in the news in just a minute but uh i am really enjoying it they released a new version that we're going to talk about in just a sec but it's just something that to me is is a, a good process because i want to open up that uh side of sheet music as an income sale uh income source so that's pretty important to me to have um I got uh, a big payment. Anybody get payments from Content ID this week that are here in the chat? I I got a nice uh, a nice. Well, it wasn't. It's not a payment I get now. It's gonna be, actually be a few months before I get it because of the way Content ID pays. But I believe it was May that paid out about almost two hundred dollars, uh, and mostly from one video, which is the way Content ID works, folks. If you are not in Content ID and you have stuff on Pond5 or other libraries that are non-exclusive, uh, you need to be in Content ID. And I use a company called Identify. This is not sponsored, but you may want to look at that. I have to say that when I look at all my incomes for stock this particular year, I am seeing what looks about half of what I made last year. So it looks like 2023 is going to be about the same as 2022 as far as stock income. It's, it doesn't seem to be falling down this year as much. It did at first of the year, but it's picked up. So we'll see. And now through Christmas, especially once we get to the holidays, uh, stock music picks up. So it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Speaking of stock music, I had a payday today. Anybody get paid today by Motion Array? Uh, this is the date I'm recording. This is July 14th on a Friday, and usually we get paid on the 15th. So paydays will be throughout the weekend from Motion Array and Pond5 and Audio Jungle is even sending me a check this weekend. So, uh, and I say a check, they're paying me through PayPal, but uh, let me know in the comments or in uh, the chat here if you're, you're getting any payments from any any uh, stock libraries this week? So uh, let's see what else. Mo movement on some songs. I have finally gotten started on some songs. Um, if I have to do some Jimmy Buffett songs. I have to do uh, some drum uh, percussion type things and some Christmas songs. All of them I got started on this week. So they are all moving down the assembly line. And hopefully I will have uh, more stuff here to submit to these libraries. These are exclusive libraries that want these. And so got to get them done. Good news, found a gym this week and actually played basketball, which felt really good. Some full court basketball. And so my health and everything is starting to get better and I'm starting to feel better. And the bad news is I, I, <laughs> I pulled my hamstring uh, halfway through the middle of the first game, but still 
cooped it up with those kids. Uh, clients are always a thing that I do every week. Um, I have a client who's trying to, we got to re-put a song out on Spotify. They put it up wrong. They put it up with the wrong cover. So we have to pull it down and then they're just going to let me now put it up instead of the artist that put it up because artists don't always put things up correctly. And so uh, I'm going to be putting that up uh, for the client here soon and also uh, working on another client's EDM dance single, which they're very happy about. We're on final mix with that new tracking date coming for uh, some of one of my clients and uh, just a lot of client work as usual. And um, taking my school cohort, my class into the next level where we're going to be talking about music theory, which is always fun for me because up to this point, I've been having them make many things and assignments that to make songs and they don't know any, anything to see just yet. So, all right. Uh, that looks like about all the news. Actually, that is just my week. It's actually now time for everyone's uh, it seems like uh, people are really enjoying uh, this kind of new segment, and it's called The News. Make Music Income News, and we have some big breaking news today. Monday, July 17th, which is in four days, the second year anniversary of Make Music Income. That's right, two years ago, Monday. I started this channel with my very first video. It was called Six Ways to Make Music Income. It did not feature me. I was not on the, the video. Um, I think there were some pictures of me, but I was not actually on the video. I was only uh, show, showing you know videos and pictures and stuff like that. And Stevie B eventually convinced me that I needed to be the guy who uh, is is you know that is on the face of the videos and so i did it so thanks to cbb you're looking at me now but uh yeah monday i will be releasing a new video it's called eight ways to make music income in 2023 it's kind of a throwback to that very first video although it will feature me but will be kind of one of those 10 minute videos to really uh very compact and uh, good information uh, as you know, I've been doing a lot of podcasts on here, a lot of shorts on here, and that's been good for my schedule. Um, and it lets me kill a few birds with one stone. But at the same time, uh, some of these quick videos, uh, they, they, they rank much better in YouTube and so much easier to deal with. Um, lots of things coming up for this new year. I've got new interviews coming up, so much more planned for this channel, so many more ways to make music income that we're going to be talking about. Um, the other thing that's going to happen Monday, now you can go now and get 50 ways to make music income. It's our free ebook and, uh, you can certainly go get it now. Um, but it's at makemusicincome.com slash free. But I will be putting up a new version of this particular ebook in celebration of the two year anniversary. But for now, you can also go and get it at makemusicincome.com slash free. Okay. Second news item here. So second news item today, um, we are going to be talking about MuseScore 4.1. And I want to bring up a screen for this. I have been using MuseScore as I've been moving this thing from Logic over to MuseScore to make 
sheet music. Marco says, you got to get some bass on that new stinger. Okay. And Bradford loves the new stinger. Daniel says, congrats on the two year anniversary. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. And Jess Smith says, I got tracks accepted by Music Revolution this week. Thanks for learning me that site, Eric. Oh, I didn't even know I did, but maybe you're talking about seeing it in our Discord. By the way, go get in our Discord. If you are not in our Discord, you need to be in it. And the link is down below in the description. But yeah, um, I have been working with MuseScore and they had this new 4.0 that came out. It's got great samples on it, but they just released a new version called 4.1. And let me tell you, there are a lot of improvements on this software, including uh, effects and stuff they have going on, but they have really improved the effects sends and just in the interface. And it, listen, I was using Sibelius, which is like the pro tools of, of music scoring programs. And so far music score or MuseScore 4.1 is doing everything I need. So I would highly suggest it to you if you are thinking about doing some music scoring or you want to start getting your music into sheet music so you can start making some money that way because I am and I just need to get more up there and I do have someone who can do it for me but I need to be able to do it quickly myself copy stuff MIDI out of Logic and then dump it into MuseScore and be able to quickly go through and fix it up it's a little bit intensive I won't lie but if you're I'm hoping to do some solo piano things next and uh, so Johnny, Jonathan Carlisle's in the house. Signal is greater. Okay. I guess that's good. Great. Oh, okay. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Just so it's great. That's all I care about. So yeah, MuseScore is our first news item today. The other thing I want to talk about is this, and that is our 10 week, 10 song mastermind for composers and producers. Folks, we are about to get going on this. We've got about three spots left. I'm looking for three composers or four composers who are ready to make a 10 song album and want to work for 10 solid weeks making a 10 song album and we'll all be kind of part of it together and cheering each other on and hearing new songs all the time uh, every week that we get together we'll hear a new song that you're working on and it, it's just a way to kind of push you a little bit to to do some stuff i'm going to be including either the albums i'm working on or a new album myself and showing off new music we'll be talking about our processes but we'll be doing this composers mastermind every week now i i had talked about doing this live and i'm not sure that we're going to do that i think we're just going to do it offline so this won't be something you could participate in unless you jump in as one of the composers um, week one we'll introduce everybody and then we'll listen to a song every week week five and six we'll kind of take inventory and find out where everybody is with their album and then after 10 weeks and you have the songs that you have for your album then we will have kind of like a a personal one-on-one -on -one with just me and each composer and talk about what do we need to do with this now now what do we do you know what what kind of album is this and where can it go and we'll really work focus on that so would love to have you be part of this um, if you are interested get in touch now do not wait to be on a waiting list Get in touch now at hellocomposers at gmail.com because I would like to start this in the next few weeks here. All right, guess what? There's bonus news. That's right, bonus news today on Make Music Income. The bonus news, what you're like saying, what, Eric, what is the bonus news? Well, the bonus news is the Hello Composers podcast. It's starting the very first 
Hello Composers podcast um, is going to be debuting on Wednesday morning. It is about mixed meter, and uh, I'm going to be talking about meter, uh, what it is, and why I like working with mixed meters, and then show off three different compositions, all the way full versions, and talk about how they came about. So if you are not subscribed, make sure that you are getting subscribed at at Hello Composers. And I've got the link right below. You can just go down into the description right now and just go over there and subscribe to that. The link it has a subscribe tab if you are not subscribed. But you want to subscribe to that because you want to see this new podcast. And it's going to be actually on the podcast channels as well. All right. So that is all the news for today. Let's jump into today's topic now and uh, talk about the undeniable power of being you. Why is being you so important in this? And sometimes we feel like from all the videos we watch, and let me know in the comments if you feel this way, but sometimes we feel like we are not uh, able to be ourselves. Everybody, all the gurus are telling us, you have to do it this way. You have to write for the brief. And uh, I've just, I've always felt different in the music industry and I know and knew exactly what I wanted to do, but it just didn't ever seem to line up with what I saw everyone else doing. Maybe this is you, maybe you feel this today. And as I talk about why I feel different from my peers who are making music that is being signed and absolutely teaching the right things like Jesse, like Dave, like Clint, like Stevie, like Daniel. But the reason I feel different is because uh, I approach this in a totally different way than most people do. And I just do not sit around and write for briefs all day. I come up with album ideas and I start writing them. Now, sometimes I come up with album ideas and I suggest it to a library and they give me a thumbs up because they already know my work. But I just am not a person who is going to write because I want to make sure I get a big motion array hit that pays me money. Now, this this has been proved to be a moneymaker. There have been people, uh, even people who have been on my shows before, uh, Stevie, um, Alex B, who have had multi-thousand dollar months on one library, on Motion Array, just by putting out stuff that they knew that that library liked and the people liked to download. I just can't do it that way. I've tried to do it that way. And to be honest, a lot of that stuff that I try to pull off that way sometimes doesn't get accepted by Motion Array. How do you like that? So I think it's important that we do what we're supposed to do. I mean, the reason I started this channel in the first place, you've heard me say before, I just had different thoughts than what I was hearing Daniel say or what I was hearing Jesse say or what I was hearing other people that I was watching on YouTube say. I am different. I just am. And maybe you can relate to this. Um, I do things the way I do them, and they are a little off kilter from the way I see other people doing them. And it may take a little while to do the things that I do. And it may take a little while for you to get to the place that you feel being different is going to pay off for you. And I would love to hear from my co-host here, um, you people watching this, who are, who you're calling you people, but you people watching this in the comments, let me know if you feel different than me or from Clint or from Stevie B or, or these people. Let me know in the comments if you feel different. How do you feel different? Has it helped you or has it hurt you? Um, has it made things more of a struggle? 
I want to make sure that I do say as we're going along here, the gurus ain't wrong. They're not wrong. These guys, for the record, are not wrong. They are they are talking about the right ways to get signed, and they are they've gotten things signed, and they are making music income from the music that they are making. Um, and this goes not just for the gurus who talk about licensing, but also people like Tom Dupree and uh, Andrew Southworth who talk about putting their music on Spotify and then doing all these experiments to see how much money they can, uh, see how many streams they could get by whatever ads they are running and things like that. They're not wrong. You're, you can see from the results of their experiments. And that's why I try to do on this channel. I show you the results of what is happening with me and uh, what I am doing. And you get those results, good or bad. Uh, it's like Dave and I talked about last week. We do the thing, we compose, and then we report on it. Okay, so now I have to be careful here. Um, and I have to be careful with the way my process goes, just because I want to be different. And just because the gurus aren't wrong, I, I have found that it's easy to fall into a trap of not being original. Yes, you heard me right. Not being original and not doing your thing. Let me give you an example of this. I was uh, going to school, as you know, or some of you may know, for my master's in composition. And one of the classes I had to take was orchestration. And in orchestration, you're supposed to take different pieces and then reorchestrate them in another way. So for instance, a taking a piano sonata that's just piano only, and turning it into an orchestral piece for full orchestra, which is quite a thing. And backwards, taking a full orchestral thing and making it a piano thing only. Lots of different types of assignments like that. And I, being different, being a weirdo, I, I, I usually will try to do things in my own unique, weird way. But at first, I was just trying to do the assignment. I was just trying to do what the assignment said. It's kind of like just doing what the brief says and trying to do and, and hopefully make income from what that brief is asking me for. I, and I was only trying to do that. And you've probably done that before. It's very quiet in the comments section, folks. I should see some comments right now. If you're going to co-host with me, you have a responsibility to say something. But um, continuing this example, uh, I tried to do it right. I tried to do it the way everybody else was doing it, but I didn't win at it. I didn't really succeed in orchestration and get it until I started doing stuff that was me. And still I started doing stuff weird. I wasn't trying to be the star of anything, but I did want, like other people, I saw other people in the class doing their own thing. One guy only wrote in kind of like this kind of weird rock way, a real rock opera way, and he turned everything into a rock opera. That was his thing. And uh, I ended up turning things into the way I would do them. Uh, Jess Smith says, very easy to not be original but it's necessary. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it can be necessary. Um, you have to really walk a line here, Jess, between doing what the brief wants and being unique enough. Uh, Dave did a whole podcast this week on being weird and using weird instruments and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I think that is something that kind of it delves into this. And uh, so you should go listen to that one too. But I didn't win until I got a little weird, to be honest. And when I got weird, that's when I started to win with all the music stuff that I was doing in that course, but also usually in everything that I'm doing.
you know, recently in our behind the scenes, Make Music Income Daily, and by the way, you can be in Make Music Income Daily. It's uh, something we do, and um, you can find that at makemusicincome.com slash daily. You can see the link down below. But one of the people in there, Shane, asked me to show off my process for writing songs. He thought that would be interesting. I didn't think it would be interesting, but he thought it would be interesting. And apparently that interests people. So I might do more of that in the Hello Composers site at some point. But the way I do things is a little different than other, other people. Like I said, I don't always go looking for briefs to say, okay, how can I create a song that sounds just like that one? That's the last thing I want to do, to be honest with you. The very last thing I want to do is create something that is just like what they wanted. I mean, if uh, I always tell people, listen, if we want to do a cover of a song, let's do it in a way that doesn't sound exactly like the old song. I, I hate that. Aaron says, I think that's how you set up your own brand and people seek you out. Yeah, I think so. That's why I started this channel. I knew I had something, a different way to do it. That's why we're doing this live right now. Who does their podcast live? I think I've only seen a few people do live podcasts. I mean, there's so much possibility for error and issues, but I like to do it live because it lets me get some comments back from people. Um, Matias says, in the most cases, if one is unique, he expresses himself in the best way and he probably has the most fun with it. How about that word? Fun. How about fun, folks? That And he says that makes him very pr productive automatically. Yes. And I know from being uh, Matthias has been and will be again in our mastermind that's coming up. Um, that is a problem that we all face. We are busy doing other things. If, if what we're doing in this composing thing is not fun, then it's just not going to make it into our day. If we come home at the end of the day and we are wiped from whatever else we're doing, if it's not fun, we're not doing something that's unique and, and, um, and very uh, genuine to who we are as composers, then it's going to be kind of a tough, a tough way to go. But uh, in my process, I have a kind of specific way I do things. And uh, I showed off a process the other day for developing a song that I didn't know how to play on either piano or guitar and how to start it. So what I did in, instead was I made, I just did, and I've been doing this a lot lately, put a, pulling up a loop, temporary loop, and then playing the bass part. I can fake bass pretty well. But if I can put the bass part together, and in this case, the song needed an acoustic bass, if I can put the bass together, then I can take that to the next level with other players and I can fill in parts as I go after I've done the bass. The other thing I do a lot, and, and so I do a rough like that a lot of times. Um, the other thing that uh, Dave talked about in his, um, his podcast this week is unusual sounds. Um, I also have to do what moves me. I have to do what I'm really interested in. Um, I use Nashville players unapologetically. I found that was the key to creating high-end quality music was using high-end quality players and engineers and singers. And that has been one of the tools that makes, uh, that's part of my process. And by the way, I'd like to know about your process. So if you have a specific process, how you develop songs from thinking of making a song to making it, I would love to know in the comments, but 
Um, I also do videos and social media and Spotify and ads and this channel and all these other things that I do. And guess what I do? If I do something that I don't love, I just put it away. Maybe I come back to it. Maybe I don't. But I, if I'm not loving that thing, then life is too short, people. Move on to the next song. There's always another song. The best song that you have written is probably the one you're going to write tomorrow. That's the way it's always been for me. I've always felt most excited about the next song than I am a song from 10 years ago. I just love that that feeling of coming up with a new song and then wanting to figure out how to get it out there and what to do with it. And then some songs just stay with me. They just they come into my mind and for years, sometimes decades, yes, decades, they stay in my head and I want to eventually get them out, but they have to kind of live in me for a while and and then sometimes for years like I said and then get them out. I have songs about my brother that came to me as after he had passed and they were too painful to try to even put out. And I, I just didn't think it was the right time, but there's one that's rolling around in my head. It's almost like a soundtrack I hear as I'm walking around and it just, it's like, it's playing as I'm walking around and uh, it's got to be out and I'm getting ready to start it. But my main point here is that my process is to write things that really move me. And I, I really think that's the only way to do this and be happy. Now, if you are a person who likes to um, make music and, and not really love it, just crank it out, you're, you're doing it like you would uh, make yourself a hamburger. And you're even that you're doing that for, you know, love of that hamburger. You want, you are hungry. And, uh, I think that's, I think that's a terrible example, but you know, I'm, I'm phasing in to what I want to be. So what is your process? How do you do, how do you write songs? How do you think of songs to write and, and what drives you to write them? Do you do it because you love it or do you do it because you see a brief and then you just try to construct something that that brief wants, whether you like it or not and throw it out there. I don't do that. Let's see. I've got a comment here. Uh, JMO in the house. Good to see JMO. If making the most music income means writing what's in demand for briefs instead of originality, maybe it's like restaurant making only they feel instead of cooking to order. Uh, kind of like my hamburger point. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't, the writing for briefs thing was one of the reasons why I ended up quitting taxi because I just could not be original enough in that. It wasn't fun for me. And uh, of course it was a, it, it was, it was something that was costing me money for no return. But I do, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure I understand the comment here. Music income, though, to me, oh, I see what you're saying. So um, if making the most income means writing what's in demand for briefs, is that better than writing for originality? Well, not for me, not for me. I'll just, just say it. I'm just going to say for me, it doesn't work like that. And, it, and it's just not going to be the way I can do this. Uh, Linda says, starting a composition, if you are to be original, means improvising as you feel in the moment or finding a sound that sparks an idea, then develop a motif and develop it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, JMO says, is it possible to make full-time income with only original music to offer? Well, yes, and I think you can, but this is going to be more of, 
you're going to have to figure out a way to be out there in front of people and, and meaning the music has to get out in front of people. So if you find a library uh, and can write original music for them that you love um, and then uh, couple that with maybe doing gigs where you make income and selling stuff on streaming and Spotify. It's my old story, folks. Multiple incomes is the key, not one income, not just making original music and getting in a library that uh, in Pond5 or a, an exclusive library. None of those are going to be enough income to support yourself and make full-time income. That is just something uh, that is not going to happen. You've, I have a multitude of incomes. Uh, I would imagine it's in the, it's at least a dozen to two dozen incomes that make this all work. A couple of them are bigger than the others, obviously, but when you count how many clients and income coming from all those clients and then the school and then any other things that I do and royalties, it's coming from everywhere. Russ says, not for me either. Yeah. He also can't do it that way. You know, we have to do this in a way that is going to work for us. Daydream Studio says, regarding production concept, for me, the most important is my working template to get my instruments loaded fast. For songs, I get 80% inspired by sounds and playing with them. Yeah, I'm not a template person, and you've probably heard me say this before, except for or orchestral. I think orchestral is, is and I know, uh, Matthias, you do a lot of uh, orchestral stuff, and um, I know that orchestral that is a helpful template. If you can call up all the orchestral things, that's that's absolutely a, a needed thing. I used to have a template that was like, you know, piano, bass, drums, loops, but I found I was sounding the same on everything. But when you're talking about a unique uh, classical slash um, scoring type needs, uh, it absolutely is something that you need to have as a template uh, for scoring, for sure. Matthias also says, then something develops by itself in my head. That's why I'm a bit addicted to sound libraries. Yeah, I think we all are addicted to sound libraries. Uh, JMO says, thanks, Eric. Curious if you have any experience writing 24-hour 24 de 24 deadlines for a custom TV commercial for 50 to 100,000 if accepted. Um, I do have some, not for that amount of money, but I have had um, deadlines that way and I've done them and then not been accepted. <laughs> so uh, I have a few libraries. I have one boutique library who does that every now and then he'll say, Hey, I got a thing and they're looking to pay 30 grand and they need this song. Can you make something like this? And I'll make something like that. But that, that is not very enjoyable. I'll tell you it's, it's just cranking out the work. It's just doing work. Wolfgang says, I am sad. I am late. Well, you're not that late. We're going to keep talking here for a little bit longer. A minute ago, Ruth said is, hi, Ruth. Thanks for being here. Is Pond5 still best for beginners? Absolutely. Start with Pond5. I have a video called Start with Pond5. It's still pretty accurate. So you should go look it up in my videos after this. Um, I still think Pond5 is the best place for people to start and dip their toe into licensing just to see what it's like. And it's also great. I always feel that it's great to start with Pond5 as a place just so that you can get all your keywords in, your description in. It lets you know what the tempo is and all that kind of stuff and the running time. It's kind of a database. I use it as a database of source. So I absolutely still do 
believe that. And so does Arco. All right. Um, let me get back to where I was here. So, um, you know, all I ever wanted to be and what I've really wanted to move towards and phasing out of what I have been before and what I want to be the rest of my life is a composer educator. Composing is all I ever wanted to do ever since I was a kid. That's the only thing that I knew that I could do as good or better than anybody is to compose music. I just could do it and I could write songs and people were fascinated by it. Uh, but it, it's, it wasn't the fact that they were fascinated by it. That was performing has never been that interesting to me. As a matter of fact, it's, it's work for me and not that enjoyable, but the actual composing process that's enjoyable. Um, being a composer means actually composing. And so that's what I try to do. And then educating, I try to educate from all that composing experience and, and all that kind of stuff. And that, that's really what I am after. Now, here's getting back to a comment that we had way earlier in here by Russ. And Russ says, I believe 100% what you're saying. Does the world need more music when AI bots are creating millions of songs? The only thing that will be left to sell is authenticity and uniqueness. And then right on cue, Wolfgang says, with AI coming up, I think it's even more important to do what you love. Absolutely. And that's what I want to say to kind of kind of wrap this up today. We're not going to beat AI. It's trying to beat AI is like trying to beat your refrigerator or trying to overcome your microwave or, or trying to uh, conquer your car or your phone or all the things that are technological advancements. AI is going to be around, but none of these things affect the way I compose. Although they do enhance it, like the refrigerator gives me a cool drink or the microwave gives me a, a warm cup of tea. And don't start with me about how to make tea. But uh, my car gets me to work. My phone lets me do a lot of things. And all of these things only enhance all my composing. I can write notes down on my, I can just talk into my phone and talk about, you know, things that are happening or songs that are in my head that I want to get out or ideas that I have. All these things enhance, all things enhance what I'm doing. And AI is just another thing that's going to enhance what I do. It may offer many tools for us. It already is offering tools and it may learn to compose, but that is not going to affect me in the slightest because I'm me and AI is not going to be able to uh, do anything to me as I, if I'm sitting at my piano and I'm writing music and I'm still being me. It's not going to be transferring into my acoustic grand piano. Okay. Uh, it's not going to be affecting you if you're sitting alone outside with a guitar or you are writing into a notebook with your pen. It's just not going to affect you. So, and I think this whole kind of thing we're talking about being yourself and being you and being unique, I think it's, it's going to uh, only help you be able to circumvent to find a way that AI doesn't have anything to do with, with you. Yeah. It will never replace an orchestra or a live band Wolfgang, and it'll never replace the live experience. And that's the other thing to think about with this being you. Um, what, and that, and that live experience could be in front of people or not in front of people. 
Oh, here we go. So Linda says, you use a microwave for tea? Sacrilege. Yes, I have a whole short about this. Um, let's not get started on that. Ruth says, what length piece should a beginner aim for? Well, Ruth, if you're talking, and I see you're with a harp there, if you are talking about songs for Pond 5 or songs for uh, licensing, remember that those songs are useful for people um, and, and they are two minutes, two to three, two to three minute songs. And so uh, I, I'd say keep your length down much less long than you think it should be. If it's a classical piece, then maybe, yeah, it's going to be uh, five minutes or, or something like that. But uh, and classical is a, a whole fringe side of things. I do very well with classical on Pond 5 and other places. JMO says black tea or green tea? Black tea. Absolutely. I'm not a green tea fan. I do like flavored teas. I'm drinking cinnamon tea right now, but it's black. And then I, I do like uh, mint tea as well. This is really getting into a lot of tea talk and really didn't mean to go there <laughs> just because that AI has taken us into a different direction. It, see, it's steering us here on the internet, even as we try to do this. Jonathan Carlisle says, uh, agree with everything you've said, Eric. I also think it's important to tell your library if your instruments are real. A couple of my libraries I'm with wouldn't have taken me if I hadn't told them. Yeah, and you know what? That is one of the reasons I'm with uh, the libraries I'm with because of the, the fact that um, most of, a lot of the people that are in one of my libraries are beat makers, are hip hop creators, guitar players but not many are working like I am with players from a music city like Nashville. And so I am able to provide the, the, the things this library needs by doing, uh, by using my contacts in Nashville. So, uh, and using real players specifically and real uh, top singers and all that kind of stuff. And rather than just trying to do everything myself, um, JMO says, why not get into film scoring? Think you'd like that and make good morning there, good money there. Um, that is more client work. That is not a freedom work. That is client work. Film scoring, uh, you usually have a director sitting right there with you. And when you are scoring scenes, there is a lot of back and forth to that. That sounds like a lot of work to me. Um, I wouldn't mind creating things that are used in films. And that's why I create music for libraries to be used in films and TV. And sometimes they have been. That's very cool because it was something I made that I wanted to make and then was used in, in a TV or in film. But I've done some film scoring before and it feels more like work than fun for me. Um, <laughs> Ronan from California says, does AI stand for another income? <laughs> Good one. That's very funny. And Wolfgang's, I, I think Ronan was being a little cheeky there. But uh, Wolfgang says, no, it's artificial intelligence, i.e. music created by computer. Um, so yeah, I think being yourself, this undeniable power of being you, the, the, no one else is you. No one else is me. That's, that's the thing that I have found through life, even though at first the industry, the music industry didn't think I what I had was interesting to whoever I met with. Now, a lot of times, remember, I was going to Nashville, Tennessee, which is the country capital of the world. And at the time, I was bringing pop songs to them and stuff. So it wasn't what Nashville was necessarily looking for. And so I'm, I may have had more luck had I been closer to California, to L.A., because my contacts that did start to happen for me were in Los Angeles, but it was not very feasible to 
travel out there. And it was back in the days before internet and email and all that kind of Zoom and all that kind of stuff. So it was harder to do. But being you, being me has been what has made me successful. And, and the weirdness, someone said the other day, I think it was on our Discord or somewhere about Eric and his strange sense, his odd humor. <laughs> so fine. That's fine with me. Uh, I'll take that. Um, all right. So Arco's question is, I need some help. I want a signed letter from a library saying I've been composing for them. Should I email them? Um, a signed letter from a library saying that I've been composing for them for your visa. I don't know much about visas. I don't think that you're going to get in touch with Pond5 or Audio Jungle or Motion or whoever you're with, and they're going to write a letter about you personally. It doesn't sound like that's something that's going to happen. Um, JMO says, Hans Zimmer gets to write what he wants. That would be a good goal for me. I, I bet he doesn't get to write only what he wants. I know he, because he's Hans Zimmer, the same would go for John Williams or any other great compo film composer. They do to a point, as long as they are willing to then take the direction and they have to film to the scene and you have to score to the scene. And uh, if you like doing that kind of thing, then yeah, it would be a it would be a dream job for sure. Ruth says, what instruments or genres are in demand? I do peaceful or piano vocal or acapella vocal. I don't think acapella vocal, unless you're talking about stacked vocals like, um, you know, multiple vocals, acapella doing stuff that might be interesting. But if you're talking about Pond 5 and your question was Pond 5 earlier, um, then they are probably looking for things that are going to go behind YouTube videos that, or people who will want stuff for a church service or people who want stuff to use at a school presentation or a corporate presentation. Think about, you've got to think about, it's not about what's in demand. It's thinking about what the the people on the other side are going to want. Now, you might say, but Eric, you just said you don't want to write for people, for clients. Well, that's not what I did say that, but I, I meant what I want to do is write music that people will want. And I'll write it my way, produce it my way, and then the people will take it the way I made it. And so, but you do have to know who your audience is. So if I'm going to make a beautiful solo piano piece, I do a lot of solo piano peaceful stuff and I do my thing and then I put it out there and that stuff gets used all the time, especially in uh, non-exclusive uses and in stock libraries and things like that. So Arco says music supervisor pro. Um, do you mean, would they write you a letter? I don't know. You, you'll, the only way to know that would be to contact them and see. I'm just not sure that you're going to get a library to write a personal letter for you. I've never seen that. Well, let's see. Uh, Jonathan says, a few years ago, I asked Audio Jungle for something similar. And believe it or not, they were really awesome and wrote me what I asked for. Try them. Very nice. Two years ago. Problem is, uh, you have to be in Audio Jungle, <laughs> right? And you can't get in Audio Jungle anymore. Uh, just uh, new. I don't, I'm not sure if Arco's in Audio Jungle. Uh, Linda says, uh, are you a harp player, Ruth? Harp music is always in demand. Absolutely. That is that is what we're talking about here. Unique, uniqueness. How many people in here or that are even listening to this play the actual harp? I mean, the harp is such a unique instrument with its pedals and its strings and the way it works. If you could do your own versions of songs with harp. I remember cutting uh, Genipides, um at one time with real harp and flute 
And uh, that's just something that, you know, um, that most people are not doing is really putting real harp music out there. Similar to what um, one thing that Dave was talking about this week, he was talking about weird instruments and using a jaw harp, which is not a harp, but uh, using weird instruments to get people's attention. And I think if you are a harp player, it could be something that you might want to, uh, to do to get into these engines. Because a lot of people are not using these kinds of uh, unique instruments. There, there aren't a lot of people playing harp or playing, um, what's another interesting har uh, harpsichord? I mean, real harpsichord or real instruments like, uh, I think it was uh, Jonathan who said earlier about using real instruments and libraries loving that. Jamo says, is Keyscape worth it over contact pianos? Absolutely. I need to do a whole episode on this. Uh, probably not the podcast, but I need to do a video about Keyscape. As a matter of fact, I am getting ready to do a video about this because I'm going to do a video about the new BBCSO piano that they ballyhooed and rolled out. And this past week introduced it with uh, you can now, if you have the free BBC SO Discover, you can now get that piano. And boy, was I disappointed by that piano. And when I started comparing it, even with Logic pianos or Contact pianos, it, it doesn't even stand up. And then when you bring Keyscape into the mix, well, you're done as far as I'm concerned. Keyscape is the top dog. It's the Tyrannosaurus Rex of piano for me, not necessarily for you because I don't do a lot of felt piano stuff. And a lot of the contact pianos are all felty and that's not very useful. So the contract from Audio Sparks, Audio Sparks, yeah. <laughs> why, why don't you just say Audio Sparks? Why can't you, you, don't, you can say it. You don't have to like say that. Arco says, should I share with UK VI? I'm not really sure what that is. Uh, Linda says, I had a play with the BBC piano, it is very poor. It is very poor. It's surprisingly poor. It sounded really good in their videos with Paul playing it, but I'm sure he was playing the core or the main, you know, the high-end one. But that BBC SO piano, folks, oh, no, no, no. That's <laughs> I had to EQ the, the heck out of the highs just to get it to sound like anything. Should you share the contract with uh, Audio Sparks to... Visa office. Yeah, I think that might be a, a good solution. Absolutely. So I hope that this has been helpful to you guys. Um, and I hope that you are seeing some of the things that we're talking about just with some of the contacts here. Well, some people are talking about someone who plays harp. That's different. That's, that's unique. Someone who wants to, uh, put their real instruments in there or play real instruments, that kind of thing is very helpful. Um, being able to, to kind of know what is, is needed, but then put your spin on it and do your thing for that thing. Everybody wants to be in these libraries. And it, let me tell you, there's an episode also coming to this podcast about uh, sync licensing. And, um, you know, th there's a lot of people and I've heard a comment recently that, um, people shouldn't waste their time with stock libraries because, uh, what if the sync library wanted it and you'd already put it in a stock library, boy, I bet you'd be, you'd be really sad about that. 
Well, I don't think sync libraries are all that they're cracked up to be as much as we have put them on a pedestal to be. And that likely is another video. I'm sorry about that. Hey, thanks everybody for being here. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for being here today. Arco, thanks for being here. Ronan, thanks for being here. AI doesn't have a community such as this, so I think we'll be okay, he says. Thanks again, coach. You're welcome. Off you go this week to to do some stuff. Uh, Russ says, every once in a while, I just go through my logic sounds and I'm amazed by what's there. So much quality right in the box. No doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure you're on the discord. Uh, Rusa, thanks. Jonathan, uh, thanks for being here as usual. Imagine chat GPT had their own community. I don't think that would be very interesting. I think it's more interesting to be with you and to have you as my co-host here today has been great. Thanks so much for all your comments. And thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you have any more thoughts or comments, make sure you put them in the comments uh, there, or you can go to makemusicincome.com and email us there. There's lots of free stuff there. Make sure you go there. Otherwise, I'm going to end the broadcast today, folks. Thanks so much for being here. Been good to see everybody. Thanks for being here. And don't forget about being yourself and doing the things that you love to do to make music income. We'll see you. Have a great weekend. Good to see everybody. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.